Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. I'm in Manchester and I'm joined by Gary in London and Ben in LA this week. Welcome, guys. Um, Hello, listeners. Gary, what was your football moment of Game Week 9? Um, so I'm I'm going to go a bit left field here, but I wanted to highlight um, a brilliant performance from Theo Walcott for Everton uh, against West Ham. Um, it kind of came a bit out of the blue because he's kind of reminding us he is still a, a good player uh, and he hasn't really featured much this season. Um, and it just got me wondering, um, he's still only 30 years old, Walcott. Um, 3-0 Walcott, as uh, Jez from Peep Show um, is going to make his millions from. Um, and I just wondered, what, what, what if Walcott was actually going to be one of these players that suddenly turned into a great player in his 30s? He was going to have some kind of Ricky Lambert-style late season, uh, late career peak. Um, I'm, I'm guessing probably not, but um, he didn't even actually score at the weekend. He just hit the bar, but it was good, it was good to re- for him to remind everyone that he still exists, uh, someone who seems like he's been around forever. He, he got an assist, didn't he? He didn't score, but got an assist. Yeah, well, he he um it, it, he was all over in the he was he was kind of running it in the game. He was always every time he got the ball, he was a threat. Um, I still I still think he has his pace. Um, so so yeah, if he can stay injury free, maybe he'll get that consistency that he's lacked, and we, we, we could be he could he could be leading us to glory in the twenty twenty two World Cup. Finally, knows? finally, Arsene Wenger's faith in him will be justified <laughs> <laughs> after all those years. And um, what was the peep show gag that they had about? Theo. Oh, it, it was the it was Jez had the the three O Walcott millions. He was saying, and uh, Mark promised him not to not to talk anymore about it. Um, but he was going to make millions out of selling the headcot, uh, selling the headline, three O Walcott. <laughs> uh, the day that that Walcott turned thirty. <laughs> oh, excellent. How about you, Ben? What was your football moment? Uh, my my football moment is the United Liverpool game. I think if if our listeners listened to the last pod, it was it was all three United fans podding, and we were pretty uh, down in the dumps about this game. I think a lot of us were predicting that we would get thrashed. So even though we conceded a late goal, pleasantly surprised, uh, mainly just of the like attitude and fight of some of the players. Uh, you know, I thought they got stuck in, um, defended pretty well until until the, the last goal we conceded. So yeah, pretty pleased actually, and it's kind of nice to to be the ones that I think Liverpool were going for the most consecutive wins, about to break City's record. So kind of nice to put an end to that. Yeah, nice to help City out with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a United fan, I don't know. As a neutral watching that, I I thought it was pretty turgid game. I don't know if you agree, Ben. Yeah, I think I think it was. Uh, I think Paul have not Liverpool have not been playing super fluid football in the last couple of games, and um, you know United obviously went to try and disrupt them, playing almost like a a three five two five three two type formation. So yeah, I think we definitely um, w- went out not trying to play football. I think more trying to disrupt uh, Liverpool when it mostly worked. I think the the one funny moment was when. Um, Trent cross it to Mane and he scored. And I had both those plays and I was like, oh, I guess if I guess if they score, that's how I would want it to go FPL wise. But it, it, it rightly got ruled out by VAR. 
I, I can't help but wonder if um, Liverpool have done, uh, sorry, Man United have done Man City a big favour with, because um, that, that kind of 5-3-2 with the split strikers kind of going in the gaps where the, the Liverpool fullbacks bomb on. I wonder if that's something that other teams are going to emulate against Liverpool, because it, it did seem to cause them a few problems. I think the, the thing that they definitely can't replicate as often is the fact that Salah's missing. And I think you were saying um, on text, Gary, that, you know, Liverpool without Salah are basically kind of half a team. You know, the backups just don't quite match up. Um, whereas Man City, you know, they can lose De Bruyne for a whole season and still win the league. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am surprised that, that Liverpool didn't kind of break the bank. Like, I mean, Origi and Shakiri occasionally have their moments, but they you, you just kind of think if they had another sort of player a bit more at that level... Um, I don't know who like, is, I was even thinking someone like a Zaha who would be like he would be expensive but someone who could come in and it, not quite as good as Salah but someone who can run with the ball and create that threat um, and because and, and they, they just they just look so much weaker without him so I think that is something if Liverpool if Salah does get injured for any length of time like it might be a knock-on effect for your um, kind of Firmino and Mane people in your team just because they you can mark them if, if the third player is Origi. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have a great game, did he, Origi? Um, my my football moment of the week was uh, one of my favourite kinds of goals um, from a player I quite like. It was Yuri Telemans um, smashing one in uh, at full power off the underside of the bar into the back of the net from quite close range. Um, yeah, it was a lovely goal and I, I just like him. I was quite disappointed that Arsenal didn't say they were interested in in the Sonoma to kind of replace Ramsey because he's that similar kind of player a lot younger 22 um you know in the Belgian squad gets goals arrives late into the box picks up assists and yeah it's just a nice moment and a nice celebration afterwards um what about FBL moments uh, Gary what was your FBL moment of gaming nine well, um, I, th I think last week, as you, as you uh, you all picked up on the shocker that I had last week, it's gone marginally better this week. But um, last week I had um, Madison as my second sub on my bench, who got seven points and he didn't play. And basically, it, it always comes back to I always put so much thought into the subs and who plays and fiddle it around. But every week, whoever I put in that second position on my bench is all <laughs> always seems to do something. And uh, this week it was Chris Wood. Um, who scored against Leicester? He, he probably should have had two goals against Leicester. It was it seemed quite quite odd that a lot of other goals haven't been ruled out, haven't been overturned by VAR, but that one was. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's kind of um, seeing my second sub, whoever it is. It's usually um, um, it's usually usually Jorginho, who um, every time I put him in my team, he does nothing. But then a couple of weeks ago, he scored 11 points from, from second on my bench. Uh, so that was another 11 points wasted. Um, but, but Wood is actually coming in this week, thanks to, thanks to Pep Roulette and my two City defenders not playing. So I, I will have Wood's um, points for that goal. But um, it, was, it was kind of seeing him. And I know Matt's been taking the mickey a bit that I've, um, I said that Chris Wood was going to score a load of goals. Um, so he... He justified my faith in him, even if I didn't quite have enough faith in him to, to put him in my team. It's the classic thing. I think it haunted uh, Andy last season of predicting things on the podcast, but then not playing those players in your team 
Um, yeah, Wood's been on an amazing run. Four goals in his last five games. And as you said, probably should have had another one in that game as well. Um, ben, how about you? What's your football, your FPL moment of the week? Mine is, I think the whole community was looking forward to FPL coming back after international break. And I, I think I found it kind of funny that a lot of the template players uh, didn't perform. I think everyone probably had a really bad week. You had... Uh, obviously, Salah and Aguero not even playing. Um, De Bruyne, I don't know if you saw that game, hit the inside of the post and um, had an open goal, but Jesus didn't square it to him. You had Mane today um, getting a goal disallowed. I think Tammy hit the bar. So a lot of twos and ones in a lot of teams. I think my FPL moment on my team is everyone twos and ones except for Raheem Sterling, and I managed to captain Raheem Sterling, so that was the only saving grace on my team. Although when I watched that match, he, he honestly could have had a hat-trick. He just missed so many chances. So, uh, yeah, that's my highlight. The community probably not doing so well this week, is my guess. Not only were the kind of template players, the current template players, uh, kind of blanking, but also a lot of people in the community tipping Callum Wilson for the next two games. Uh, against you know a Norwich defence that was all over the place, and then a Watford team that were all over the place, and now we're looking at a Norwich team with all the defenders back, keeping a clean sheet, and Watford looking a lot more defensively minded against Spurs. So, yeah, I, I feel that highlight that moment, uh, yeah, quite a lot because that, that definitely a- Abraham as captain was the other classic one, wasn't it this week, which uh, which failed. Yeah, it did fail, and but I guess in a way it it was okay because a lot of the other big captaincy um, choices like Aguero, De Bruyne also blanked. I guess it all comes down to maybe Aubameyang, and and you know, like Ben was saying, he picked Sterling, but it's not a huge difference from five points to two points. I know it's doubled, but the margin maybe it was worth taking a bit of a gamble this week. I mean, we'll have to see with Aubameyang. We are recording on Sunday night before the Arsenal game, but. Uh, yeah um my my fpl moment uh of the week was that um i was looking at my score uh this week which is uh, a pretty poor 29 so far and that's with um otamendi uh going to the bench and me getting campwell's massive three points it feels like a massive three points huge three points, three points this week is huge um but yeah i was looking at my past game week scores because how I've been doing all right this season is basically by not getting very high scores, but never really getting any low scores. So with 29 points, uh, I think that's how I'm going to finish this game week. My next lowest game week score of the season so far is 20 points above that. So it's a, it's a huge drop. Uh, my, my floor has now been reduced to one of my lowest game week scores ever. Um, so yeah, I'm just, if anyone else is, is feeling that pain, that is my FPL moment uh, of the week. Um, but let's move on. Let's think about next week. Um, we'll have a quick break and then we'll come back and, and talk about the upcoming fixtures. Half time in La Bombanera Stadium and England trail Mexico by two goals to nil. Have you heard what the crowd is shouting? Bastards are bastards are bastards are They should be shouting at me. They should be shouting at you. And do you know why? Because it's half time. Talking to you. 
If you don't want to wear the shirt, there's thousands of kids out there who die put that shirt on. Back on the field, show me what it can do, or f***ing home on the plane. We got that. England lose 4-0. Okay, we're back and we're talking game week 10. Um, so Gary is first up with the first fixture to preview and that's Southampton versus Leicester. Okay, so this this should be quite a, an even game. Um, I think Leicester are, are still quite a very good effective counter-attacking team. So you think they'd like to hit Southampton on the break. Um, and they did win 2-1 at St Mary's last year with a very late goal. Um, so I... I'd probably tip them to do the same again. I think Southampton can be a bit of a handful at, at home, but they've they've kind of not they've flattered to deceive a little bit this season. Um, I guess with Leicester, they're they're becoming quite a fantasy football favourite, really. So I think people know all about um, some of their best players like uh, Vardy, Pereira, Madison, who are all very good players, but you do have to pay a kind of a premium for them. Um, a couple of newly fashionable players, as, as Matt would say, he's not with us this week. Um, this year, I think uh, Soyun Chu, uh, the back at 4.7, and Tielemans, who you picked out earlier, uh, Duncan, at, at 6.4. Um, so I was wondering, was what, what maybe what's the next big thing if they're, they've just become fashionable? So I, I did wonder if um, Harvey Barnes got to assist last week and he's, he's playing more and more on the wing. Um, he's only 5.9 million and 0.3% ownership. Um, so so perhaps he's the, if, if he did want to take a punt, and, and I think Leicester will just shade this one and then look at Harvey Barnes. He definitely seems like a player that should be um, 5 million or 5-5 five five, rather than starting at 6 million. He seems kind of overpriced to me considering he's, a, you know, a young player kind of trying to, trying to establish a first team place really. Yeah, I, th- I think it's because he's probably quite a good sort of points per game last season he, he was on loan for the first half of the season and then he came in and I think he got a couple of goals or assists last season so he's 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 been quite um quite productive um but yeah I, I think um I, I mean I do think Leicester are a good team um and you can't go wrong with one or two of their players in your squad particularly as they've got some some tasty fixtures coming up can you can you pick anyone out from Southampton? No one seems to be talking about Southampton players in FPL at the moment. And, you know, I'm just noticing Danny Ings picking up, I think it's, is it three and three? Something like that. Um, and no injuries so far, or no big injuries so far this season. He's got minutes in every game. Um, and he's, you know, the last three games, he's got some serious minutes, you know, 80, 90 minutes or so. And he's also picking up bonus, three bonuses and, two of those game and, and a one-pointer in the other one when he is scoring. Is he an option, do you think? Yeah, um, I think I, I definitely think he is. I mean, the, the the thing, as you just alluded to with Ings, it's always about can he stay fit. But at, at 5.9, he's good value. Um, I think he's got more points than someone like Jimenez, who's kind of seven and a half, eight million. So um, I guess the thing is, if he does get injured, you just transfer him out and that's um, you, you've not lost a great deal. Um, yeah, other than that, I think that the, the way that they break and counter-attack, like some of their midfielders, like um, Ward-Prowse, who's also a fantastic set-piece taker, um, and Redmond, who does sometimes play up front, although maybe less now that they've signed Che Adams. Um, 
but they haven't quite no, neither of those two have quite done it this season um I, I just yeah the Southampton squad I, I do like them I do like Hassan Hootel and the way they play but I just think they lack a bit of quality yeah. um so so yeah you, you sometimes have to look at there's, there's one or two kind of well kind of bargains there kind of cheaper players I mean even Yoshida at the back at 4.4 is they, they their defense is better than some other teams down there but but yeah I, I wouldn't I, I just I just fancy Leicester for that game I think Leicester will win so I, I think you you're picking up scraps if you're looking at Southampton fair enough um Ben, what do you reckon to Man City, Aston Villa? Is this as clear-cut as, as it seems? I think so. Um, I think on the Villa side, obviously, like you like to say, Duncan, I feel like they're in a good moment right now. Um, Jack Grealish picking up a lot of points the last game. He's actually tied with uh, John McGinn at the same number of points. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with either at 5.9. But I think in this fixture, I would expect City to win pretty comfortably. Um, I, I don't think the Villa defence is particularly strong and I think City will be able to pick them apart. Um, you know, the big thing about City is Pep Roulette. So they have their Champions League game on Tuesday at home to Atalanta. So check out the team sheet there and then and then try and predict what Pep will do for the weekend. Um, the, the one note I had was John Stone's uh, returned as a substitute against Palace. So he's at a pretty good price. I think he's around uh, 5.4. It's 5.3. Um, so 5.3, 5. 5. Yeah. yeah. So curious to see what if he can nail down a, a first-team place. And then, um, yeah, I'll just be... I assume Aguero will play on Tuesday. So um, I, I'm planning to captain a City player this weekend. I just don't know who. And I'm hoping Tuesday will tell me. It would be a pretty damning indictment of John Stones and Pep's opinion of him if he doesn't get a, a first-team place when <laughs> they don't have any central defenders left. Otamendi picked up a knock, um, which wasn't reported before the game, I don't think. Um, and they played uh, Fernandinho and Rodri at centre-back against Palace, and they looked really good. They, um, you know, they controlled the ball so much, and they had so much penetrative passing um, and so much dominance over possession from those two um, that I do wonder if Pep would say, actually, you know, this is really working for us. And Villa at home might be a perfect fixture for, you know, more possession as well. It's a bit of a worry, but I guess we'll see if Stones gets minutes because um, we don't have to jump ahead of that time, do we? Yeah. What about um, the fullbacks for Man City? Would that be something that you'd be interested in? I know Mendy's now kind of had his return he's expensive but he he had some serious attacking returns at the start of last season always very promising and then Cancelo uh, at right back as well uh, I think he picked up three bonus against Crystal Palace so is he an option with low ownership and a low price as well I I personally am not super interested mainly because of Pep Roulette you you have a lot of depth at both positions Cancelo and Carl Walker and then Zinchenko and Mendy. Um, I think in previous seasons, Mendy has kind of shown like he's a favorite of Pep if he can stay fit. So so for me, it's pretty much kind of like wait and see and see if, if one of those two nailed, nails down a spot. Hopefully Cancelo can nail down a spot because he, he is a, at 5.3, like you said, is, is a pretty good price. Mendy a little bit more expensive. 
We just need to check if it's if it becomes like the old Pochettino fullback system or wingback system where he rotates every every game. Yeah, good point. Okay, what about if people have McGinn, as a lot of people do, would you be playing McGinn against Man City? Do you think it's the kind of fixture where they could pick up a goal or or on the bench? Um, depends on your team. Um, I'm guessing if most people who have McGinn plan to play him week in, week out. So, yeah, I think it's a decent shout. You never know with City's defence if they're playing midfielders there. Um, I've I've had Otamendi for a while and he hasn't got a clean sheet in forever. So um, Villa do look pretty good going forward. So yeah, I think it's not the worst shout. I've yeah. definitely played worse players. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Next up, it's it's Brighton Everton, and that's one for me. Um, I think one particular player that I'd pick out for Brighton at the moment um, is Connolly up front. Uh, the young Irishman uh, who I think looked pretty impressive uh, in game week nine um, is so cheap as well. And I'm quite surprised that his price hasn't gone up from 4.5 after his couple of goals um, uh, against Spurs. Um, his minutes aren't amazing, uh, but he has played. He ha- Yeah, I'll just I'll just come in there, Dunk. I think um, yeah, I, I, I agree with um, I agree with you on Connolly, and I think that some of the um, the four point five um, options are so um, are so poor and so so bad um, for the other strikers. It's almost like a savior. It's like a shining light. You don't need to have Mason Greenwood playing three minutes or, or Connor Wickham. Uh, Connolly looks like he's actually going to play, and he did actually look really good against Spurs. Um, so so I definitely look out for him. Um, I th- I is there anyone he, else, Duncan, that you'd uh, go for? Well, just well, finally on Connolly, I think he got subbed off uh, later uh, on in the game because because of the sending off, or he got subbed off at half time because of the sending off. So I don't. Yeah, think, that was it. Yeah, I don't think the fact that he only played forty five minutes is a reflection on him. I think he looked pretty involved and uh, a bit of a threat. So I think he's definitely an option. And for players like me who have Wickham or, or Greenwood in their team, then I think. It's just an easy transfer if you can afford it um, just to bring him in for the minutes and potential returns. Yeah. Other than that, um, nice to see uh, Webster getting a goal for Brighton. They do seem like a bit of a threat, these Brighton centre-backs. You know, Dunk has got a couple of assists already. Dan Byrne is absolutely huge and a big threat and Webster picking up returns as well. Um, yeah, it's a shame Duffy's just not getting a look in. He he was a hero of the last couple of seasons, but he's just not getting a look in anymore. Um, apart from that, on the Everton side, um, I annoyingly took out Luca Dean this week and I'm kicking myself. I just didn't see Everton suddenly coming back and, and fighting like they did uh, in game week nine. So that's a bit annoying. But I think, yeah, the spirit of the Everton team was was completely changed with Charleston was up front, which is definitely worth keeping an eye on. And I think he even got an assist as well. Um, so it didn't particularly work last season. Uh, it wasn't particularly effective when he was up front for Everton last season. Um, but it's one to keep an eye on because it's an out of position. Um, his price has dropped from his starting price as well. And, you know, he's picked up a brace already this season at home. Um, there's a, still a couple of good Everton fixtures before it gets really, really bad in game week 14. A uh, couple of really nasty away fixtures um, against Leicester, Liverpool, 
uh, Man United and then home to Chelsea and Arsenal. So a really nasty fixture. But um, yeah, before that, there's three games out of four that aren't too bad. So that's one to keep an eye on maybe um, for a couple of week kind of punt. Apart from that, I think the Everton kind of midfield just changes quite a lot at the moment. You know, Sigerson was dropped. Iwobi was playing number 10. Um, Bernard got the got the goal but doesn't always play so it's it's a bit all over the place and you know they've changed the striker now um three times this season so uh, apart from that yeah I, i'd be staying away from everton i think if they can start to to defend maybe after that nasty run of games then the dean is back in in form for me or uh, another option but yeah i think that's pretty much it um gary what do you reckon to watford bournemouth um, well, I, I said a couple of pods ago um, that, that Watford's home games coming up against Sheffield United and, and uh, Bournemouth will define their season. They, they Obviously, they still haven't won yet, um, and they only got a nil-nil draw out of the Sheffield United game. So they got a, they got a battling point at Tottenham, but they really do need to start winning games. Um, so I, I think they'll be throwing everything into this one. Um, but yeah, I think, I think pretty much I advise... Um, advising and steering clear of Watford players generally. Um, this is their last chance, really. Maybe if they win this, they might kickstart a bit of form, but their their game's coming up after this. Up, up until coming up to Christmas, their only home games after this one are Chelsea at home, Burnley at home, Palace, who, as we know, are better away from home, and, and Man United. So, um, so that and a few tricky-looking away fixtures. It's looking very grim for Watford already. Um, they do have a slight uh, bright spark in the, their defence, um, which was looking terrible until a couple of weeks ago, has, has tightened up a little bit. They're, they're playing five at the back, um, and Cabaseli and, and particularly Janmart have picked up a few points these last couple of weeks. Um, so the, the, their entire defence is no longer being outscored by John Lundstrom, but it's still not, it's still not great. Um, so, yeah, I think the value here is in Bournemouth. Um, again, I'm, so I'm tipping another away win, um, but Bournemouth have got a good record at Watford. They, they romped this game 4-0 last year, and in the four seasons since they, these two teams got promoted, what, Watford haven't won this game at home to Bournemouth. Um, again, well, I think we know who a lot of the, the Bournemouth threats are, but I'd highlight maybe Josh King, um, who got two goals at Vicarage Road last year, and he scored in both the fixtures in this one before that. Uh, so at 6.3 million, he's still a good price. Uh, he's only got two goals so far this season, but he does does take the penalties and keep it kick, ticking over. Um, Callum Wilson, as you, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, he's he's always a threat. He scored against Watford both home and away last year. So 8 million is a lot of money, but he's a, he's a dangerous one. Um, the, the Bournemouth midfielders have been quite quiet this season. Um, I still advise against Harry Wilson. I know that he's had a bit of form, but um, I, I can see David Brooks is going to be coming back from injury quite soon. So I, I do wonder if Wilson's minutes are going to start to go down soon. Um, I think Ryan Fraser, who was obviously very good last season, so he's, he's up at 7.1 million. He's, he's more expensive, but again, he's one who could hit form and he's yet another Bournemouth player who, who scored in this game last season. Um, so I, I would look at the Bournemouth attackers and attacking midfielders. Um, I'm not going to single out their defence. I know that Rico's got a few points for some people, but it, it was their only clean sheet so far this season last week. So um, 
still don't see much value in the Bournemouth defence. Even at that, even at that price of four point two, and on corners. Uh, well, I, I, I think possibly um, he has got a couple of assists, but I, I mean, I'd, you're kind of looking at he would be more of a last resort. I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think Bournemouth they seem to concede at least a goal every game, um, so I, I just wouldn't be confident that he'd get those six points coming in. It depends. Who's he keeping out? I guess if 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 you're kind of down to the bare bones, then he's he's useful. But um, I know he he saved um, he saved Matt this week. His eight points coming off the bench. Matt Matt had benched him, but luckily for him, he's coming in to uh, to save him from an even worse score than I got last week. Uh, so he's he's saved Matt from ignominy. So yeah, I guess I guess Rico has some uh, some uses. He's not a bad look. Just looking at the rotation. Um, options on fantasy football scout. He's not a bad rotation option over the next five games with Lundstrom. Um, you know, if you've got the both of them at that very cheap price, then uh, your fixture would, would be Watford away, Burnley at home, Newcastle away, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, which is not bad. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, not as a not as a someone you play every week, but it, you know, in a rotation maybe there's the option of you play three at the back and three of your defenders are dirt cheap and you just play one of them each week, depending on Lundstrom or Kelly or, or Rico, who has the best fixture. Maybe that's another option with people switching to the three at the back at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you've, you've got it with that rotation because like the next 10 games, he's playing five of the big six. So you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't back on him there. But I'd even, I don't know, with, with Bournemouth defence, like even some of those games that are highlighted in green on this thing, like, Crystal Palace away or Wolves at home. Like, is, are Bournemouth going to keep a clean sheet? Um, and then, then, so then you're just relying on corners, basically, assists from corners, and they, they're not going to come around that often. I don't, I don't know how many corner takers, how many assists corner takers get in a season, but I'd be surprised if it's more than kind of three or four. Yeah, fair enough. Just something worth considering if you do get that kind of rotation, maybe for budget reasons. Um, but apart from that, yeah, totally agree. Um, okay, Ben, what do you think to West Ham, Sheffield United? So we're potting before United play Arsenal tomorrow. So not not really sure what kind of form they'll be in. We do know West Ham not looking so hot right now. Uh, two losses on the bounce. Uh, Yarmolenko was missing from their team. Um, so yeah, I think... I, I feel like this might be a tight game and, and probably low scoring. And so I, I'm tempted to roll out a lunchroom for this one. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it might be like a really boring nil-nil or something. Um, but you do have to fancy that West Ham will see this as a game that they need to really be up for and, and try and get back on track. Um, but yeah, n- none of their assets really... I don't think are that interesting right now. Do you th- do you feel like the Fabianski injury at the back has kind of had an effect on them defensively? Um, maybe I, I've seen a couple of teams have thrown in uh, Roberto at four point four. He he managed to get five points, even though they lost two 0 I think he made um, a lot of saves, and their fixtures aren't that bad. They they have Sheffield Sheffield United at home and Newcastle at home, and then Burnley away. But then two tough fixtures against Tottenham and Chelsea after that. But 
Um, I I think maybe if you had a wild card, Roberto would be an okay option. But I mean, I think most other teams will probably have um, bigger things to worry about than than putting in a goalkeeper. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyone from Sheffield United apart from Lundstrom or, or would you just be sticking with that? They seem to be doing pretty well defensively at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how they get on tomorrow. I hope they can keep it pretty tight, especially because I don't have Obama Yang or any Arsenal assets. But um, I think Lundstrom is still the standout pick for me. Okay. Um, um, just, a, just a thing to add from me on this one is... I'd, just just something to look out for is that West Ham and Sheffield United hate each other as well. So it, it might become a bit of a bad-tempered game. It, it kind of all stems from the, the Carlos Tevez fallout last time United were in the league. And I think West Ham fans think that the, the Blades kind of moaned a bit too much about that. So I'd, I don't know if the, the Olympic Stadium never really will get that feisty atmosphere. So it might be more for the, for the, the game at Bramall Lane with the West Ham away fans. But I, I do think the atmosphere might just boil over in this one a bit. Ooh. Mark Noble red card. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> sending you off. Beware the sending off. John Lundstrom. Oh my God. Yeah. Um next up it's it's Burnley Chelsea. And this is one for me. Um so I think a lot of people have, have talked about him recently, but I don't think a huge amount of people have brought him in. Um but Marcus Alonso uh you know, fancy gold, fa- fancy legend is now back in the Chelsea team. He has been now for five weeks. Um, he's got two assists and three goals in those five weeks, which is pretty outrageous form for a, for someone who's playing at left back, not even playing as a, a wing back. Ownership of 3.1 million. Yes, he's, he is expensive uh, at 6.2, but he's kind of justifying that at the moment. And I think stats wise, at the start of the season, Chelsea were all over the place defensively, conceding so many goals um, and so many chances. But now, over the last four game weeks, you know Lampard has been talking about how he wanted to tighten things up. Um, you could see that against Newcastle. Um, they were much more secure defensively and they kind of controlled that game from start to finish. Um, over the last four games, Chelsea are fifth in the league for goals conceded. Um, which is a, a huge turnaround. Only three goals conceded in the last four games. So, um, yeah, I think I am kicking myself for not um, for not bringing not bringing on. So, and when a lot of people are, are moving away from the, the big at the back strategy, I feel like Chelsea's fixtures and uh, Alonso's form at the moment is an opportunity to, you know, if you still have those highly priced assets that aren't returning, I myself have Van Dijk at the moment. You know, that's quite an easy downgrade for me um, to go from Van Dijk to Alonso with his his attacking threat and now the potential of clean sheets as well. You know, Burnley away. Um, yeah, Chris Wood is on fire at the moment, but um, Ashley Barnes isn't. He's been dropped. Um, Rodriguez coming in his place for his, kind of his first start of the season. So it's not like he's, he's in any kind of form yet. And then after that, Watford away. Crystal Palace at home, those are nice fixtures defensively. Um, and, you know, and they continue after the Man City away game as well. So I think Alonso is, is a serious option worth considering now. You know, not a few people were mentioning it, but now, you know, I think he's going to, his ownership's going to start to shoot up. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely worth considering. Apart from that, um, Andy, 
uh, was shouting me out last week. I think um, if he wasn't, he definitely he, he was in his team. He brought him into his team. Callum Hudson Adoy, um, who was at five point nine, he's now gone up to six million. Three assists in his first three games of the season, with limited minutes as well. You know, one of one of those was a substitute appearance. The next one, he he was taken off, but three bonus as well this week. So his 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 performances are improving. You can see that from the eye test and three bonuses in, in a one nil win when he got the assist is pretty impressive. I think. Um, I don't know if if that kind of has an effect on Mason Mount's position. Um, whether he's slightly more withdrawn now. Do you guys uh, see the highlights? Do you see the game? Do you have any kind of view on that, whether Mount was slightly more withdrawn in this fixture? Um, I mean, I think I think there's still space for him in the middle because and Hudson are die on the on the wing. Um, but I'd, I guess I'd just add that it's clear now we've seen enough from Lampard and his management style that he he definitely favours young English players and that. I think we can be pretty confident if you put Hudson Odoi in that he's going to play if he's fit because um, it's the same with Abraham and Giroud. There's not really a rotation. It's like Abraham plays every week, uh, Mount plays every week. Um, the same even with um, at the back, um, you've, you've got that with uh, Tamori. So, so yeah, Lampard's shown that he's, his plan is to back the young English players. Yeah, and there's there's a bit of a parallel with Leicester at the moment. You know, Leicester's fixtures are great defensively they've been very good this season you've got the cheap option at 4.7 um of Soyuncu at Chelsea it's Tomori or then the more expensive kind of 6.2 Pereira or Alonso and personally out of those two I'd be picking Alonso every every week over Pereira um yeah for that goal threat and assist threat um so that's my big pick out those two players and I think I yeah I'm not looking at Burnley players I know you love Chris Wood and I I used to have a thing for Ashley Barnes, but uh, yeah, I'm not picking anyone else from those. Wait, he he timed <laughs> his he timed his groin, Duncan. That's why he didn't play last week. So um, so hopefully Ashley Barnes's groin will be uh, will be better soon. I think I think it came at the right time, to be honest, for him to have a little bit of time on the bench just to chill out. Um, Gary, what do you reckon to Newcastle Wolves? Um, I think this game might be quite amusing just because it's um, two two teams who don't really want the ball and they're going to be trying to play on the counter-attack. So we might see two teams trying to just give the, each other's possession. Well, as we saw, Wolves kind of destroyed Man City on the counter. Um, but Newcastle will line up with five across the back and four in midfield. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I think I fancy Wolves for this one. They won, they won this game 2-1 at St. James's Park last year. Um, so I'm not going to waste uh, too much time talking about the, the Newcastle team. Um, just to note that they've got a lot of forwards who are very streaky and kind of once in a blue moon will 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 do something but then don't. So you've got Joe Linton, Almiron, Atsu, Saint Maxim, they're all very, very inconsistent. Um so I, I think if Newcastle are gonna stay up, they might need the uh, the Longstaff brothers to pop up with a few goals like like they did against Manu. Um so Matt, Matty Longstaff at four point five might be a very very maverick shout if you wanted to look at um, at Newcastle, and I'm I'm very grateful for him uh, justifying my prediction of, of Newcastle beating Man U a couple of weeks ago. Um, but now let's talk a bit more about Wolves because I, I think they're coming into a really nice run of fixtures, and obviously they were a mainstay for a lot of the successful fantasy teams last year. 
Um, after this game, Wolves have got their next three home games after this game, uh, Villa, Sheffield United and West Ham. Um, so if they can juggle that fixture clash, then then they could be licking their lips. Um, I think you kind of know, I think people know who are the, a lot of the best Wolves players are, but you've, you've still got, you've got Rui Patricio, who's the, the top scorer again this season as from goalkeepers at the moment on 5.2 million. Um, you've got Willy Bolly, who's a bit of a bonus point machine, uh, five million, uh, and you've got Jimenez up front, who who's been consistent without without smashing any any hat tricks, uh, seven point one. Um, then I think you guys, uh, Matt mentioned a bit about Traore, very very hit and miss, Adama Traore, but someone particularly away from home, you, and he's starting to be playing more. Uh, five point one, he might be worth the gamble. Um, but the, the one I'd pick out for this game, if you wanted to go a bit more left field, is uh, Diego Jota, um, who again was a bit of a favourite last season. Uh, he just had a couple of weeks off because of an injury, but he's back now. Um, he scored at St. James's Park last season. And uh, if this means anything, he scored twice against Newcastle uh, in a 4-0 thrashing in that memorable Premier League Asia Trophy fixture between these two teams in July. <laughs> so uh, That is good, deep scouting and research. Yes, yes. So, so Jota is the man. Uh, so, yeah, hedge on Jota. That is very maverick. Very maverick. But based on evidence, what can we say? Uh, I really like... I really like the the look of Jimenez uh, this game week, game week nine. I thought he looked really pumped up, um, looked back to his old self. Not, you know, I think him uh, playing in the Europa League, Wolves playing in the Europa League, they have looked quite jaded in quite a few of the the fixtures this season. But I think he he looked refreshed and and ready to to get back to his form from last season. So, yeah, myself, I would be Jimenez over over Yotta because I know he's just not going to get rotated. He's played every every game um but yeah why not why not take a punt um ben what do you reckon to arsenal crystal palace so we're pointing before the arsenal game and i'm, I'm just looking at some of the, the previous results and normally a lot of goals in this one so um earlier this year arsenal lost against palace 3-2 then it was um the previous fixture was a two-all draw and then last season arsenal won this fixture at home 4-1 um, I think I fancy Arsenal to win and, and there to be goals in this. So if you have Aubameyang, um, this might be a good fixture to captain him, see how he gets on tomorrow against Sheffield uh, United. Um, on the Palace side against City, they were, I guess they were okay, but I, a little bit toothless. I saw that Kelly, um, their budget defender, he, he was out with a knock and Tompkins came in and he actually played pretty well, but then he also got injured towards the end of the game. So um, I, I assume Kelly will come back in once he's he's fit. But yeah, I can't really see pass uh, an Arsenal win on this one, honestly. I think that's that's fair enough. I, the Palace have looked quite good defensively, but then against Man City, like you say, they were exposed, yeah. And then one thing for Arsenal to note is that Lacazette, um, is rumoured to be back as well, potentially for the, the Sheffield game, but, but failing that, then definitely for the, the Palace game. And he's an interesting option. In, it affects, you know, people who, like Gary, who've gone for Saka in their team, but um, attack-wise, I think it will 
invigorate the Arsenal attack and ownership wise uh, and value wise. You know, he's he's dropped down. He's nine point three, and he's only owned by one point five percent with Arsenal's good fixtures. So he's he's a pretty good option. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I think he. Whenever he plays, I think Arsenal have definitely more of a threat and. Um, the only thing is you guys also have Europa League uh, midweek. So I guess like check out the team sheet there to, for clues on whether Lacazette starts starting. I think he'll, he'll be a lot more useful than uh, Nicolas Pepe. That is definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who FPL have horribly priced, I think mispriced this season at 9.3. It's a bit of a stretch. I do, I do feel like um, Zaha might might come back to haunt us, having not signed him after that transfer saga in the summer. He might come back and try and show his worth uh, against Arsenal in this game. Um, but he'd be up against, possibly against uh, a new left-back who seems pretty tough, Tierney, and a new right-back in, in Bellerin. So maybe, maybe he won't be so lucky. Um, next up, it's, it's Liverpool versus Tottenham. This is one for me. Um, Liverpool won this game 2-1 last season. Um, Firmino and Salah getting the goals and Lucas Moura picking up one uh, for Tottenham. I see this one going, to be honest, it, it seems to be set up to go a fairly similar way, I think. I, I expect Tottenham to play a lot better than they have been recently. Um, I think this is kind of well suited to them at the moment where it's not a team like Watford that they should beat. It's a team where they have to be really up for it. There's a lot of talk coming out from the Tottenham camp about how they're, you know, togetherness and they're, you know, they're doing it for the team and they're just trying to stay together as a unit. Um, so I think I expect to see quite a lot of fight from Tottenham and they definitely do have a goal threat. You know, Harry Kane loves a penalty. Deli Ali is now back uh, in the goals. Um, so I expect them to come back, but I would, you know, depending on Salah's injury, if he's back for this game, uh, Depends on Champions League or, or maybe he gets rested for that. You, do, you don't know, but um, check out the Champions League team sheet. But yeah, I'd see Liverpool maybe snatching a narrow win. Um, I don't think this is captaincy territory for Salah and Mane, despite Tottenham's kind of poor form at the moment. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty tight and based on the Man United game. I think Liverpool looked a bit out of sorts Um a bit stodgy and kind of a lack of forward options. So, um, yeah, I expect a kind of continuation of that. I don't expect anyone to be going crazy in this game. Do you think that's fair, guys? Yeah. yeah I, 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 I w Go ahead, Gary. Okay, I, I was just going to say, I, I do wonder if Liverpool are just going to kind of have a bit of a stutter at this moment. They, they just didn't... I think not not winning at Man United isn't necessarily a problem, but they, they didn't play that well. And they've had a couple of bad performances in the Champions League. Um, I think for, for Tottenham, it almost might be good for them to play a good team rather than they've, they've been struggling a lot at home against weaker teams. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of glad I dropped all my Liverpool players, which looked like it could be a terrible mistake. But that, that game at Old Trafford might be vindicating my choice. Yeah, and Man City to come as well. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe not a bad decision at all. Um, the final fixture of game week ten is Norwich versus Man United. Gary, what do you reckon to this one? 
Okay, so I, I think this game should be a lot of fun. Um, I think Sky is showing the Liverpool Spurs game at, at 4.30 rather than this one, but this this would be one, if it was on TV, would be worth watching. Um, I think there'll be goals in it, um, as there often are with Norwich, and I think they'll have a really good go at Man United. Um, with Norwich, I think one of the biggest questions is the stick or twist with Puki. A lot of people still have him in their team. Um, but Norwich have only scored once in their last four games and, and Puki wasn't involved in that goal. So um, I'd be tempted to stick with him. Um, they've still got some reasonable fixtures coming up and I think they'll they'll give it a good go. So if you haven't got him, keep him. Um, I do think that Cantwell, and uh, maybe I've got a vendetta against him, but I, I think that he's going to start to be eased out a little bit of the team now. Um, Onil Hernandez, who scored a lot of goals for Norwich uh, in the championship last season, came back off from injury off the bench last week. Um, so I'd, I, I think Norwich's best midfielder is, is Buendia, who's got nearly as many points as Cantwell, um, but he's £6 million, pounds, so he's he's more expensive. Um, so Buendia and Puki are the, uh, the ones to watch for Norwich. Um, but really, this game, I think, is about Man U. Um, you've got to have a, have a look at Man U. Um, Lump on Manu. It's time. It's time to go. That this is their this is their fixture list uh, coming up. And Norwich away, Bournemouth away, Brighton at home, Sheffield United away, Villa at home, Spurs struggling a bit at home. One tricky game, Man City away, then Everton at home, Watford away, Newcastle at home. It's a it's a glorious run of fixtures, um, and I think. There's been a few measures like the the XG table, which was showing that Manchester United, according to XG, should be in third place. Um, so maybe we can take that with a pinch of salt. But I, I think there is some truth in that Man U have been playing a bit better than their results have suggested. And with these fixtures coming up, um, it's time to back them. Um, so who do we back is the question then. And this is where we enter Anthony Martial. Um, he played the last five minutes just now off the bench. Um, and the first three games of the season, he was starting as the striker through the middle. Um, so I am very tempted by Anthony Martial. I think he might just be. Uh, I think the Man United fans, we, we don't have Andy and um, Matt on this week, so Ben might shoot me down in flames in a, in a minute. But um, I'd, I'd really look at Martial. Um, other than that, I think you've got Rashford, who's expensive, but perhaps showed, showed some good flashes in the game just now at 8.4 million. Um, Pogba, if he's fit, is always worth considering. And then, bizarrely, with Manchester United, uh, all their leading defenders are 5.4. They've, they've got their, their top five point, point scoring defenders are all 5.4. Um, so out of those five, I'd say that Maguire, for his aerial threat, and uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who was very impressive today, um, and should hopefully be getting a few assists soon, are also... Um, Perhaps worth a punt, but but my my main message is look at Martial. Ben, as a as a Manu fan, would you would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Martial. I I just want him to say I just want him to play one full game where he looks good, and then I'll bring him in. I think I'm I'm a little wary bringing him in um, right now, um, just because don't know how. How Solskjaer is going to ease him in? Will he play him in the Europa League to get some match fitness? Um, he he tends to be a little bit injury prone, so yeah, I just want him to, to kind of get a, like a full game under his belt, and then I think early in the season it's kind of a no-brainer for 
like Manu's number nine at seven point five classified in midfield. I think it it really is very tempting. Um, so yeah, he's the one I'm I'm looking at too. So I, I support it. Um, it's just a question of timing for me. One thing on on the the Pookie shout, Gary, you were saying keep him in. I think I I kind of agree. I got rid of him uh, this week um, for Callum Wilson, which is <laughs> kind of a bit of a like for like replacement. It feels like, but the one thing with Pookie um, is that potentially Norwich and Puki seem to be up for the big games at home. So Man City at home, they obviously did well. He got a 12-point return. Chelsea at home, 11-point return. Um, he even scored against Liverpool away. So against these bigger teams, maybe Norwich, especially at home, might be you know really up for it with a, with a vociferous home, home crowd. So I feel like I agree with you. Maybe for this week, it's worth... Um, holding on to him and seeing if he does it. If he doesn't, then you know, get rid. But maybe this is one where you find out actually they're up for the big games and, and maybe you can get rid of him after that. But um, yeah, maybe just one more game if, if you've got him in your, in your team. Fair enough. Um, what about yeah, yeah, I think he's really a, a great a, a great player at home, but not, not necessarily so good away. So I'd agree with that, Doug. Yeah, what about uh, whipping boys? Um, ben, I'm going to come to you first for your whipping boys this week. Aston Villa. <laughs> yep. Gary, do you concur? Yes, I do. Uh, got this down as a 4 0 to Man City. I think I, I agree as well. As good as uh, as Aston Villa are at the moment, yeah, it is a pretty tough, tough ask. So Aston Villa are whipping boys. What about clean sheets? Ben, who's your first clean sheet? Oh, clean sheet. Hmm. I think I will go, I might as well just go City. Yeah. Start off easy. Okay, Gary? Yeah, I'd, I don't see many clean sheets out there this week. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. I, th- I think, I mean, whoever's playing Newcastle is my default, if, if not, and uh, Wolves away at Newcastle. I think, I think they'll shut them out, so uh, go for Wolves. Okay. I, I think maybe Newcastle are a tougher ask on, on at home, but yeah, there aren't a huge amount this this week, I don't think. Um, I think maybe, like Ben was saying before with Lundstrom, Sheffield United are interesting away to West Ham, but I just think maybe West Ham with Yarmolenko back and, and not kind of jet lag from international duty, I think they might have a bit more threat. Um, so, yeah, tough week to pick. Um, maybe Chelsea backing my Alonso shout uh, away to Burnley with Chelsea's new kind of mantra of keeping things a bit tighter. Any more guys or is, are we just picking out those, those three? I mean, po- possibly for me, Brighton, just cause I'm, I'm interested to see if Everton can back up that, that good result or if they're going to put another limp performance away from home in again, even with three O Walcott. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing. I, I, th- I think it depends if we're if we're entering a new golden age of Walcott, then then no. <laughs> and I don't think that's happening. Okay, um, we'll have a, a quick break and then we'll come back and and talk about the the Fanatics Podcast League. See how you guys are getting on uh, and have a look at our Hive team and how we did this week and what we're going to 
look out for game week 10. Ashley Barnes, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley Barnes. Yeah, I'm an impact sub. I try to stick to scripts and rap, but I lift my back foot to win the man's guts. So every Saturday I'm in the bad books. Cause I'm the big bad wolf. They can't bridge the interclass gulf. Chit chat chumps, I fix your trap shut with a stitching pad. Now picture that rough. I've heard enough debate. I'm the shit house that you love to hate. It's too fun to play with a touch of rage. And I'll be doing this till I rust away. Some sound punching above my weight and misplace the faith in the mother braids. Because they do it on a Tuesday under rain in the rowdy north on tough terrain. Ashley Vance. Okay, we're back. So let's have a look at the Fancy Football Fanatics podcast league uh, and see how you guys are getting on. Obviously, at the top is still Kevin Miles. Um, he's doing amazingly well. He's 26 points against uh, ahead of second place um, with a game week score of 31 this week, which is not bad at all. Um, and he still has players to come off the bench as well because he captained Aguero this week and Salah didn't play for him. So maybe a couple of more points coming in for him. Uh, apart from that, I have dropped. I was in fourth place. I've dropped like a stone down to... Uh, eighth place at the moment, joint eighth or ninth place. Um, second place, Adam Burke uh, with Adam's Reds. Um, but a pretty low scoring week, it has to be said, uh, this week. One team that uh, we wanted to shout out for uh, for their high score this week is um, is the team relegated uh, by Jake Kiefer uh, with a score of, I think, potentially 52 points at the moment. Uh, so I'll take you through yeah. this team. Oh, Gary, you come in. Well, just saying 52, but with Obama, Yang still as captain, so it, it could turn into a really big score for him. And um, yeah, we, we're not quite sure with the relegated if that's a, a pro or anti-Brexit um, name. But Jake, Jake if, you were on, if you were on the march on Saturday, then at least you, um, you saw lots of goals going in um, from, from your team. So yeah, Dunk, do you want to uh, um, let everyone yeah. know who he's got? Yeah, so Pope in goal, pretty standard. Trent at the back. Otamendi, who didn't play. Tamori, so fairly standard. But then it it gets a little bit weird in midfield. He's got Jack Grealish, uh, which is a great 13 points this week. And that's a huge swing for him. And it, it looked like Grealish was pushed a bit further forward. There was some analysis on Match of the Day saying that he's a lot closer to the strikers now. Um, so maybe a bit of an option after their nasty fixtures, maybe from kind of game week 16 when it goes green for them again um salah not playing for him so more points off the bench rico with eight points coming in for him vardy up front yuri talimans uh in the midfield so it feels like a bit of a mixture of template with a, a few like nice individual punts in there um yeah i'm i'm slightly jealous as a man who's gone heavily template this week uh well this season uh, it's nice to see a team that has some of the essential players like Trent, Mounts, De Bruyne, um, players like that, but then mixed in with your Vardy's, your Bamiyangs, Telemans and Grealish. Nice looking team. What do you reckon, guys? Yeah, yes. and it, it's good. It, <laughs> it'll be a master. So if, if a Bamiyang gets a couple of goals, which as I'm desperately hoping as well, then in such a low scoring week, he could have 70 odd points. So, um, so yeah, he's, he, he could well be in second place in our league come the end of the, the, the game week. That would be a huge jump. He's at 100k in the world at the moment, but it could be, like you say, a really, really big jump for him. So, yeah, good on you, Jake. Um, and then another player that we, we were going to shout out this week, but because he's on for some kind of record, I think, um, is Mark Bleakley. 
uh, with his team Fayuzivar is over. Uh, Fayuzivar is over. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Dad's army. No. Yeah, I think it's a Dad's army. Uh, okay, Dad's army var reference. Nice, very niche. Um, yeah, fifteen points for him. So he's on for a record. Um, if you can't get a really high score in your game week, you want to go for the lowest possible game week score. He was close to 11 points, um, just ahead of that. But so, I mean, it's it's pretty harsh because his team isn't kind of crazy. It's not a dead team. He captained Abraham this week, Gazaniga in goal, you know, seeing a bit of an opportunity there. Soyuncu at the back, Trent at the back. Yarmolenko, unfortunately, just with the one-pointer. Mares didn't play for him. Aguero didn't play for him. Son just got one point. Um, Puki up front. Yeah, tough, but the saviour is is ready to come off the bench to save uh, save it for Mark Bleakley this week. It is John Lundstrom because everyone else on his bench is injured. So it's all down to John Lundstrom, basically, <laughs> to save his game week with a, a four-goal haul. Um but yeah, shouts out to Mark Blakely for, for that score. Yeah, commiserations, Mark. I made the same completely pointless transfer of bringing in Gazanega, which uh, didn't really do much for me either this week. So uh, not so great minds think alike. Solidarity in a maverick goalkeeper transfer there. Um, uh, yeah, badge of honour for any maverick. Um, if you want to join us in our league and compete with us and, and try and knock... Uh, Kevin off the top spot, then uh, find the lead code on our Twitter account at FPL FF Fanatics. Um, and yeah, should we have a look at our hive team, guys? See how we did this week, then. Yeah, just just before we do that, I had a point of order on our fancy football league, Duncan. I don't know yeah. if we need to consider having a cutoff point for when new teams enter because it's. I just wonder if it's a bit cheeky if we get like two thirds into the season and then some some team out of nowhere kind of comes in and. Um, becomes the, the top team so we maybe we should have a moment where we uh we, we, I, i'm not suggesting we do it yet but maybe I, I don't know january or something is that possible can you make it uh, uh you know can you stop people joining if the league code is out I there don't know actually um <laughs> that's a good question we might have to investigate that but <laughs> if if not we'll have to uh we'll have to have like a, a media blackout on if anyone comes in above kevin milner with a uh like the, whoever's first in the world kind of just, just 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 decides to join every single league going just to show off then we'll have yeah. to um media not reference don't, don't yeah i like that keep, keep... yeah yeah keep it, keep it in the family very nice yeah good point <laughs> um ben how do we do in the, in the joint team so not so hot. We're on twenty-five points. That's not our, our... for this week. Twenty-five points. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible. Um, and we we have Rico who who scored all our points, eight points, and we we captain Tammy who didn't do anything. I think the one uh, bright spot is uh, Masterstroke from us last week for downgrading Aguero to Obama Yang. I mean, we knew Aguero wouldn't start this weekend. That's why we made the transfer. So um, we put in Aubameyang and hopefully he'll do the business against um, Sheffield United. So we also have um, two transfers to make this week and we, we got rid of Aguero to save some money. So I think the problem spots we identified 
last week were probably want to get rid of Hyung Min Son because Spurs get not that. playing so well. Ben, yeah, just taking us through our team uh, as it as it looks for next week, just so people know who's in the team at the moment. Yeah, so we have Pope in goal at home to Chelsea. Um, we have Trent, uh, Soyonchu, Otamendi. Hopefully, he comes back. Um, Legend Rico away to Watford, and then Diop at home to Sheffield United. And then in midfield right now, we have Son, Mane, De Bruyne, um, Cantwell, McGinn. And up front, we have Obama Yang at home to Palace, Tammy away to, to Burnley, and then Greenwood kind of rotting our bench. So I think we are pretty well set up, but want to use our two free transfers. And we were looking at Son and probably um, mainly due to Gary's Vendessa want to get rid of Todd Cantwell. Um, and I think our proposed move um, is Son downgrade him to Madison to take uh, basically benefit from Liverpool, uh, Leicester's good run of fixtures that we talked about last week. And we could get ahead of the United fixture run by upgrading Cantwell to Anthony Martial which is um, a little bit punty since Marcio hasn't played yet, but um, we could be getting ahead of the curve. And um, I think that might be a, a good move for our, for our hive mind team. What, what yeah. You... Well, as I, as I said, I'm, I'm fully behind the, the Martial one and we're, we're kind of sinking fast the hive mind team, aren't we? We're uh, 1.3 million in the world now. So we, we need to, I'd, I say gamble. Um, I just throw one other suggestion. If, if we think it's a week too early for Martial, we could do the switch with Greenwood, who's kind of deadwood at the moment and, and think about Connolly. Um, and then that would still leave a bit of, um, it wouldn't change our budget much. And then we could do the Campwell to Martial next week. But, but I say do it now, get, get, get Martial in for, for Norwich away. Is it worth considering maybe moving to three up up front? Uh, you know, someone slightly uh, better than Connolly, rather than a budget option, and, and going for another striker. Are there any other strikers out there that you're you're keen on at the moment? Maybe you know Vardy um, instead of Son. Um, you know, downgrading Son, bringing in Vardy for Greenwood, and then spending that money uh, remaining in midfield. Um, I just I just think with Vardy, it's a big it's a big jump from from um, Greenwood, who's four point five. We'd have to find four point five million, um, but obviously Vardy's a quality player. Ben, what do you reckon? Yeah. We'd have we'd, yeah, I think we'd have six point three to spend in midfield if we did that on a Sun replacement. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan because that would leave us with kind of McGinn, Cantwell, and a six point three. It feels it feels kind of light in midfield. Um, I think I, I prefer I prefer playing um, getting maybe eventually moving to Connolly because I think he I think he will nail down a starting role and then um, go go with Madison Martial I think is I think is better balance but I mean Vardy is a good shout I think I'm up for it I mean if if we go for Madison and, and Martial and um, what does our team look like for next week? Who will we be playing? Um, I think we would probably 
want to play Martial away to Norwich. And then I assume you would want to play Madison um, away to Southampton. I think we'd probably drop McGinn um, and we could play a 4-4-2 because our defenders have pretty good fixtures. You could play Diop against Sheffield United. You could play Soyonshu. Um, and you could even play... Um, could even play Rico away to Watford. So, so we're going to have to pick one of them to drop between Rico, Diop, and Suanchi. Yeah. Gary, what do you think uh, out of those three? I'd, I'd, I think we'd drop Rico, wouldn't we? Because he's away and um, Bournemouth don't really do clean sheets. So um, I'd, 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 um, yeah, I'd, I'd drop Rico out of those. Yeah, it seems to make sense to me. In terms of captain... Who do we fancy? I think De Bruyne at home to Villa and Aubameyang at home to Palace are probably the best shouts. I think De Bruyne at home this season has got um, only double-digit returns in the games that he's played. So, <laughs> yeah, my, my money would be on De Bruyne, um, depending on yeah, and minutes in Champions League. I don't... I'd, I'd say as well, remember that um, at home to Palace, it's like Palace are like the reverse team. It's actually better to play them away. So, um, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd go with De Bruyne as well. All right, sorted. I think we'll, we're going to fly up the league after the next game week. And I'm, I'm guessing we're not going to be making these transfers soon because we've got a bit of cash in the bank spare with that, haven't we? Yeah, we have like one mil. So, barring any injuries with um, Champions League and Europa League. I think we just, we should make them on Friday. Just remember, and a, a warning to all the listeners: it's a Friday night fixture next week, so um, don't don't get caught out. Um, the seven seven p.m. Friday is the is the deadline. Easy to do, yeah, especially in the US as well. I'm guessing, Ben. Yeah, it, it's definitely. I, I feel happened to Andy before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about gut punts, Gary? How, how's our gut punts league? Um, well, we've, we finally had it. It's been a while, but we finally had a really good gut punt. Um, so, so well done, Andy. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, as, as predicted, got, got a start for Chelsea. He got an assist. He got three bonus points, and he got nine in total. Um, so, so Andy's actually jumped up above you, Duncan, uh, into third place in our league. Um, and partly because Duncan, you didn't name a gut punt. Um, you, you were quiet. We, we tried contacting you. We I sent a letter, you know a postcard. What? You know what, Gary? I it was a tactical thing. Okay, I didn't contact you with my gut punt because I knew the rules of the game. I've memorised them. They're on my wall. And the lowest owned, or you know, the the most the player under five percent in your team comes in. I I really had a good feeling about Connor Wickham despite his injury. I thought, <laughs> I thought that the fact that he would get one point as a bonus for being the cheapest gut punt really meant points on the board for me. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah, playing it safe with the one point then, I guess. Well, so, yeah, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, unfortunately, Connor Wickham didn't rise like Lazarus from his sickbed. Um, so, um, so, yeah, we, we, you, you only got one point. Um, Matt wasn't quite as pointless, but Anwar El Ghazi... I think he was reading too much into the stats there. He only got two points. Um, and then we, we mentioned the, the epic battle between Harry Wilson and Phil Billing um, a while back. 
Um, I think Wilson is overrated and Phil Billing is going to take him to the cleaners. Um, so far, this battle's been a bit of a damp squib. They've, they've both kind of been matching each other since, since we mentioned it three weeks ago. And they matched each other again. I went for Billing. Ben went for Wilson. They both got three points. Um, so that was last week. I'm still, um, still miles ahead, thanks to my early season uh, Pookie uh, and Abraham Magic. Uh, 28 points clear of Ben, who's second. And then Andy's just a point behind Ben now in third. Uh, Matt's still 17 points adrift in last place. Um, so this week, uh, Matt is turning to Manuel Lanzini. Uh, so he's thinking that West Ham are going to hammer the blades. Um, and he's gone for Lanzini. Um, we've mentioned our other gut punts quite a bit. Um, so I, I've gone for Aaron Connolly this week. I, I, I was, I kind of put him as my gut punt because I was thinking about bringing him into my team um, as a very, very cheap 4.5 striker who actually looks like a good player, unlike all the other 4.5 strikers. Um, and Ben, you've gone for another guy that we mentioned quite a lot. You, you. Who, who's surprisingly under five? Well, I guess not so, not such a surprise he's under five percent considering he's been injured. But uh, Anthony Martial, do you, do you want to say a bit more about that? No, I, th- I think we've said enough. I, I was quick on our WhatsApp group and mentioned him as soon as I could so no one else could claim him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then Dunk, um, you're keeping us in suspense at the moment. I don't know who you've gone for this week. So, what, what's your pick? Well, my. It's Theo Walker, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, I mean, in my heart, it's 3-0. But in reality, it's a choice between uh, three players. So Alexander Lacazette, really low ownership, good fixture. Um, but it's, you know, coming back from injury, will he pick up an injury against Sheffield uh, or in the Europa League? How many minutes is he going to get? Another option is Cancelo. But, you know, you guys have kind of swayed my mind with that, with the rotation threat. So I'm going to go with Marcus Alonso, um, 3.1% own, um, three attacking returns in five games and playing for his place in the team. So a bit of motivation away to Burnley. Uh, Alonso has been a popular one. Well, I think Matt went for him a couple of weeks ago, um, but that was the only week he didn't do anything, actually. Uh, the, the Kershaw kiss of death there. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, th- I think that's a good, um, a good shout with Alonso. Um, yeah, so that's it for gut punts. And Andy hasn't sent his through yet, so be warned, Andy. You need to uh, you need to make it declared um, ahead of the deadline. Don't don't be like Duncan and uh, leave it to leave it to chance. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's the gut punts. I just I'm interested in in Andy's team to see which player will will sub in if he doesn't get in touch. I don't know if he has any which... players under five million. Oh. Maybe Callum Hudson Odoi. That's pretty. Yeah, good. he actually he actually backed his gut punts and put him in his team. So he's uh, at the moment it'd be Hudson Odoi. I think it it depends on it, it defaults to whoever you pick in the team first. Or as with you, Dunk, you only actually had one in your entire squad, and that was that was Wickham. <laughs> so even though he was third reserve, I even checked your reserve goalie, but uh, McGovern for some reason has six percent ownership. I'm, I'm uh, so... horrifically template this season. It's too much template. Yeah. So, uh, but Hudson Adoy is still uh, is still there as a only two percent ownership, two point two percent. So, uh, he could be a diamond in the rough for someone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice one, thanks, Gary. Um, 
if I've mentioned it before, if you don't follow us on Twitter already, uh, give us a follow at FPLFFanatics. You can get in touch with us on there as well. Um, it's always nice to hear from you guys. Um, if you like the show, um, then please take the time to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it would help other people uh, to find the show and hopefully they'd like it as much as you as well. So that would be really appreciated. Um, ben, thank you for your, your insight. Thanks, everyone. And, and remember, the deadline is Friday. Thank you for your insight, Gary. Yeah, thank you. And lump it on Martial. <laughs> and thank you for listening. See you next week. <laughs>